Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is a new episode of Stands and Fits. As always, the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Road Bourbon and the Mississippi River Distilling Company. I think a lot of people in the United States of America could have used some Cody Road last night. I'm sure that they're uh, especially... Uh, Chris Wallace, I would imagine, definitely could have used some. This is an early morning edition of Stains and Fits. I had some stuff going on last night, uh, so we decided to knock this out 7-12 in the morning on Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. Today's Cyclone Fanatic Super Patrons are Ben and Jarrah Jensen, who have been Cyclone fans their entire lives. Jarrah's parents met and married at Iowa State, and Ben's dad graduated from Iowa State. Jarrah and Ben got married while attending Iowa State, and both are Iowa State graduates. They attend many games along with their four children who will all hopefully be Cyclones as well. If you want to be a Cyclone Fanatic super patron, you can find out more information at, on the homepage of CycloneFanatic.com. What's up, Fitzy? Hey, man. No wine this morning, as you uh, could imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that it necessarily would be... It would just be irresponsible for us to drink an entire bottle of wine before both of us have to work. <laughs> it would make my work day a little bit more interesting. I'll say that. So you have your Mountain Dew and I have my cold brew instead. Got my Mountain Dew. Um, and we're fired up, man. We're ready to go. Yep. And uh, we're going to start it off. Iowa State obviously moved to 1-0 and in Big 12 play on Saturday with a 37-34 win over TCU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that meat's been picked off that bone, obviously. Yep. But uh, – what were uh, what were your thoughts coming out of the game? I mean, obviously there was the Brock Purdy fumble interception thing that happened, which is just hilarious looking back. I think if Iowa State would have lost that game, then we would have been like, oh my gosh, that was the worst football play ever. And it still is a terrible football play, but it's like it, we can gloss over it just because we ended up winning the game. Yeah, it was a uh, man. It was bad, wasn't it? <laughs> I I had to have think that he was just trying to throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage just to get it away. But even at that point, it's like just take the sack when you're going down like that. I mean, I would hope that's what he's trying to do, but I don't. It's. I mean, the the risk reward is not that great. Well, it was so inexplicable that it was like. Yeah. You know, that maybe was what he was trying to do. Maybe. But I don't know that for certain. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he, he thought he saw a running back out of the corner of his eye for like a screen pass near the offensive line or what. But it just went – the ball went backwards and right to the TCU guy. So, See, that was it, a bad. It, it won't be – it can be funny unless it like – Unless stupid stuff like that. Well, yeah, if, like if Iowa State loses the game by a point because that happened, then everyone's burning Brock Purdy at, at the torch or at the at the stake, you know? Well, and I don't even know that I necessarily mean it like that. I mean, like, if he does something like that again, that's where you're like, okay, man, like, mm. what the hell is going on with you right now? Got it. What? So you're thinking more of long, don't, don't make it a habit kind of thing. Right. That That's where I would be alarmed so hopefully that that does not happen yeah. again but and the other main takeaway for me i mean beyond that purdy played pretty well but the other main takeaway was that our defensive line was pretty dang dominant that game yeah absolutely dominant and um obviously hopefully they can continue that on uh on saturday with oklahoma coming to town and i mean i think that there is room for that group to you know I, it's hard not to make this to say this and it's like every time you say it it comes off like a pun but to get Spencer Rattler rattled you know (laughs) yeah and Kansas State was able to do that uh Oklahoma's offensive line was called for eight penalties Mm -hmm. in the game against Kansas State so I think that that's a group that 
while still obviously really talented, like they're always going to be really talented at Oklahoma, I don't think that they've come along quite as quickly as they usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think we talked about it on this podcast when after the schedule was released initially that uh, to get this team – at this time of the year is probably the best time that Iowa State could have gotten them. Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Rattler threw, what, three picks against Kansas State? Or he, he at least two picks. Yeah, he threw three. Yeah, okay. he, threw, he threw three. Because, I mean, if Iowa State can get any pressure on him and kind of get him out of his comfort zone, then that could go a long way to springing the upset, I would think. Yeah, because I think he, he completed, like, 24 of 27 passes in the first half yeah but like two of two of them were yeah, the interceptions only one of them actually hit the ground yeah and uh and don't get me wrong like he can still like he's the kind of guy where if he gets out of the pocket he can still throw an accurate ball but it's like if you if you give him time in the pocket he will pick you apart just like most oklahoma quarterbacks have over the last few years. oh yeah yeah and and that's where like this Iowa State defense. I just I anticipate John Haycock is going to come out with all the tricks. Oh yeah, they always you know? they always have a great game plan for Oklahoma. Well, they always have a great game plan for young quarterbacks too. Yeah, they're like we're going to do everything we can to confuse the hell out of this kid. Yep, and I think that that's even where you know that Matthew Downing he maybe was not as decisive as what a Max Duggan was to where it's like he would stand back there too long mm-hmm. in, in trying to see what he was looking at yeah and that's how they were able to sack him as many times as they did in the first half the thing I didn't remember from last year was uh, you know everyone's kind of talking about this year oh Oklahoma's going to come in because they're mad because they lost to Kansas State but I'd forgotten that the same exact thing had happened last year that can't that their loss to Kansas State also preceded Iowa State's game in Norman last year yeah and I mean I think if we looked back at it you early on in that game it would have made sense to think like oh man yeah they're mad it got it got i mean they were somewhat kick- out of hand early i would yeah. say they were kicking iowa state's ass early in the game yeah and obviously built the the 21 point lead that that they did and uh and then the cyclones were able to to come back to you know ultimately fall short but it's just i i and i don't even know how much i like buy into that I mean, mm-hmm. Iowa State loses games, and it's not like we sit here and we're like, oh, man, these boys are going to be pissed next week. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like they're – I don't know. It's not, You can't really well, say – I guess we kind of did just do that with TCU. but <laughs> Maybe. It's the kind of thing, though, where it's like, how much better can they actually play coming off a loss? You know, it's, it's you, you can put so much stock into the, the mental side of things. Yeah, and it's – like, it, I don't even know the best way to put it. Like – Sure. Is could this be a re- another really really good Oklahoma team? Absolutely. We've seen them play Missouri State and Kansas State, mm-hmm. and they blew a twenty-one point lead against Kansas State. And Kansas State lost lost to Arkansas State. Yeah, and Kansas State lost to Arkansas State. So that's where I sit there and I'm like, let's not act like we've seen them go out and put up sixty on Texas. Yeah. You know, because we haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that they could not eventually do that, but. This is a – I mean, they're a pretty young team. Like, mm-hmm. when you just look at the uh, – especially on offense. I mean, I think a couple of their top receivers are, like, freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, and they're still not great on defense either. Yeah, their starting quarterback's a redshirt freshman, and their starting uh, running back is a is a true freshman. And on defense, you know – I think statistically they're probably pretty good, but again, let's keep in mind they played two games and one of them was against Missouri State. So, like, there were some questions on the press conference yesterday. Why? What makes Oklahoma so good at stopping the run? 
and I'm sitting there like, man, apparently nobody saw the clip of that Deuce Vaughn kid, what he did to the yeah. Oklahoma secondary. He's going to be good. Where he broke like 12 tackles on one play. I'm, I'm not looking forward to playing Kansas State because of him mainly. Yeah, he's a I'm, – yeah, I'm not that scared of like running backs against Iowa State though. It, it would have to be a – Maybe like when Chuba, they play Chuba Hubbard. See, I feel like the ga- the games that we struggle are when both the quarterback and the running back are a running threat, yeah. typically. I mean, I, I, I guess you could say that wasn't really the case last year against Texas, say. But I think they, I don't know, they did a good job of containing Ellinger. Well, I, I don't know if you if you listened to football and random things, and I had that quote from Gary Patterson that where he talked about how much trouble they have with bigger, more physical teams. And I was sitting there like, Iowa State was the bigger, more physical team. I mean, maybe on the defensive line, I would think, but I mean, they're like Iowa State controlled the line of scrimmage on, I, I on both say sides of that game. They're yeah, they did, the, and their running, their run blocking especially was improved from the first game. I thought, and that's, and I think that that offensive line can continue to just get better. I mean, you don't have Trevor Downing, mm. and that Daryl Simmons kid dude like shout out to him man like, yeah. that that kid came in there in his first game of his career and was just out there moving people. and honestly like from my perspective I never noticed he was in which is a good thing yeah <laughs> in my case right exactly and I, I think that that offensive line and and uh Rob wrote about this yesterday like they've got I think that Dave Andrews and bringing his staff in uh for the the strength and conditioning staff I think that that was a massive improvement and and it has made a huge difference for that group specifically Mm -hmm. and as as well as along the defensive line um so that's where i'm i'm kind of interested yeah to see them play a team like kansas state and the even more encouraging part is it's only been half a year since he's been here right and that's like i said that's why i'm i'm interested to watch him them play a team like kansas state because i think that that is more like what iowa state wants to be but like on a more explosive yeah level like mm-hmm. kansas state you know is going to bleed you to death with yeah. a thousand paper cuts they're going to do the the 10 minute 10 play drive right as often as they can and iowa state will i think would like to do that or have that ability they'd also like to hit you over the top every once in a Exactly. And I think that that's where you're going to see as this offense evolves, like they're going to continue to try and get these guys as receivers that it's like what Kansas State could be when like Jake Waters was there, Mm -hmm. where their offense could be, man, how many points they put up on Iowa State that one year? Uh, The the no clown, like the no stupid questions, please, uh, (laughs) year where with Coach Rhodes. And like when that offense was firing, they had some receivers that were really good coming right off of the Colin Klein years. And then Tyler Lockett was really good. Yeah, like Tyler Lockett was ridiculous. And uh, and then you just now these last few years, like they, I don't know that their skill position players have been as good as what those guys were, but uh, that's what I imagine this Iowa State offense wants to be. And like I said, that's why I'm intrigued to see them play a Kansas State, to see them play a Texas, uh, somebody like that, because I, I just think that that's like what they're trying to build. And how well can they stand up against a team that is going to line up and be like, all right, we're ready to to put like try and put it right in your yeah. down your throat. Regardless, looking at this upcoming Oklahoma game. This is one of those games where it's like Iowa State fans can circle this one as this is a, a tipping point in the direction of Iowa State football. If they beat Oklahoma here to move to 2-0 and in the conference, yeah. Iowa State is in a fantastic freaking position. Yeah, and then you know, man, and then, and then you know too that Oklahoma has to go and play in the Red River shootout next week mm-hmm. at 0-2. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like Oklahoma could basically be eliminated from the Big 12 race 
it would, I mean, more or less would be eliminated from the 12 race at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I figure that it would be Iowa state and Texas if Iowa state were to win this weekend. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, okay. So then who they have Texas tech next week. Uh, and then they got to buy. And then they, I mean, I think they play Oklahoma state in the next pod. So it's like, that's what I thought was cool about the way the schedule was set up is that if you're Iowa state and you want to play for the big 12 title, you're going to have one of the contenders in each of your three week pods. Mm-hmm. It's like, can you knock them off? And if you can knock them off, then you're going to give yourself a chance. Yep. And this is obviously the first test in that, but, uh, I think that they've got a good shot, man. I mean, I think that they're they are capable of beating that team. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if, if they don't give away points like they did against Louisiana and, right. and that one play against TCU, then Iowa State very well could could win the game. I envision this being a very very close football game mm-hmm. from beginning to end. I, I don't think that there's any way that this will not be wire to wire type ball game unless Lincoln Riley has somehow cracked the code of John Hecox's defense then I don't think it's going to be a big game. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I hope not. If there was anybody who's going to do it, unfortunately, that's probably who it would be. Yeah. Uh, Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official Cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond. For your team or small business, check them out online at Authentic-Brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. That was an authentic read from you. Thank you, man. I'm on my game here this morning. <laughs> uh, Hakeem Butler. I was just going to say, Hakeem Butler has, uh, has a new home for the second time already this month. Was signed to the practice squad with the Carolina Panthers for about a week and a half. Now he's headed to Philadelphia to join the... Uh, man, Eagles are having a tough year so far. Yeah, but, they're uh, uh, riddled with injuries. And yeah. the intriguing thing is when they announced that they had signed him, they, <clears throat> they included tight end. Hakeem Butler, tight end. Yeah. In their tweet. And at first I was like, is that just a typo? But it sounds know. like they're actually going to play him at tight end. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's going to line up on the line of scrimmage, like in line with the offensive line kind of thing. But I could see him being like a receiving tight end, kind of like a, an Evan Ingram type yeah, role. And Evan Ingram not really Jimmy tra- Graham of yeah old. I'll say J- Jimmy Graham not really Travis Kelsey because no Kelsey's Kelsey can block <laughs> yeah yeah he he can certainly block like a, like a Noah Fant no, yeah. Noah Fant's a pretty good comparison I think yeah yeah that one's fair um although Fant has gotten better at blocking too it's good for it's good for Hakeem though I mean I still think that the main thing for him is he's got to catch the easy ones yeah and and I still I still just think that there is a lot of potential for him and uh, it might not have worked out in Arizona, you know, and or for whatever reason. But I, yeah. I still feel like there's a lot of room for Hakeem Butler to have a very good NFL career. Yeah. Uh, if he can, you know, get a few balls thrown his way and start turning some heads. And, and we can see already what Alan Lazard's done in, in Green Bay. Oh, my God. Believe me. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> we can. Uh, that's a, I know it sucks to see us, you know, with our fandom, obviously. But he had another good game over the weekend. Man. Yeah, he got the game ball, dude. Yeah. From, uh, so it was the first time he'd gotten the game ball since the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> with Devontae Adams out, man, that's all you need to just explode. Yeah, and I, I don't know, man. It's so cool seeing him have success, and now like to see where Hakeem had really. I mean, he faced a lot of adversity early in his life, but like 
after he kind of broke out at Iowa State, there wasn't really much that didn't go right for Hakeem Butler. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to face a little bit of adversity again. And yeah. I, I think that knowing the way that he is, it's going to make him a lot better. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to arrive in Philadelphia, like ready to go to work. Yeah. And it would not shock me at all if he ends up, you know, working out there pretty favorably yeah and don't get me wrong like i don't th- i don't think he's going to be a, a contributor or at least that big of a contributor this year for the eagles but if he can like if he can put on you know 10 15 20 pounds in the offseason then you know two or three years from now he could actually be a pretty big force at tight end for them i bet yeah and who even knows i mean maybe I, and i don't even know like to say that he's a tight end would probably really be fair mm-hmm. you know and like that might be his technical definite like yeah position it's more like more like a big target that can catch balls yeah <laughs> And and that's where I I imagine that's kind of what we all thought Allen would be when he was like in Jacksonville, and I think that's what they kind of wanted to turn him into. And then it obviously has worked out for him in Green Bay, but that's what it wouldn't surprise me at all if it kind of happened with Hakeem, where it's like, okay, we're gonna think about seeing what we can do about putting you to tight end and like all this kind of stuff, and then you you're like yeah okay you're like a freak athlete we don't want to put that much weight on you to, yeah. to see what would happen with that that's true it's gonna be interesting to see how the the eagles choose to develop him for sure yeah it's uh man we got i'm just glad that he didn't sign in the nfc nfc north it's, yeah it's getting a little annoying with, to with see like these the guys. lions or something yeah we'd have every every iowa state player on <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's getting a little annoying to see all these guys uh signing in the nfc north yeah no doubt uh speaking of the vikings um thanks to the titans yeah. covid outbreak i think, think that what three players and a few more staffers yeah had, what are those guys what did those guys do like how i don't know i want to know where that suddenly came from yeah like did they all go out and party on the weekend like before the game or something i don't know they were out at cowboy jacks in minneapolis <laughs> uh yeah. pre-game <laughs> yeah I, probably i heard from uh i think life told me that there was maybe a outbreak that was traced back to there oh really uh, yeah i think that was a while ago hmm. uh man i'm gonna get like sued for <laughs> libel for regardless for that but i i, I remember i had someone yeah so uh, since the titans had their outbreak the vikings are obviously taking it the safe route who are they supposed to play this week uh the vikings are supposed to play the houston texans man they might have won that one too yeah well the texans the interesting thing about the texans though is they played three pretty good teams to start the year so we don't really know how good the texans are yet they could be pretty good themselves but just been beaten down by some of these good teams I mean, that could be the same thing for the Vikings. That's true. The Vikings have had a pretty tough schedule so far, too. Who do they play in week two? I don't remember. Well, they played Green Bay, and obviously they played the Titans, and Colts. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. The Colts, are, the Colts are pretty good. Okay. Are they? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, the Colts have a pretty good offensive line, Yeah. and that, that'll get you a long way. Yeah, Phil Rivers. <laughs> and his 50 kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they like the Colts are probably going to go nine and seven, basically. Like that's, that's all, all we yeah. really need to know. Uh, with the Vikings though, I mean like the offense looked better. Until Justin, the, Jeff, Justin until Jefferson broke out. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking that when you draft a like otherworldly talent at wide receiver and then, you know, like once you actually give him an opportunity to play, <laughs> yeah. he'll, uh, it'll work out well, for it you. It just bothers me seeing freaking all these other rookies in, in the NFL, you know, playing a, a huge role from, from day one. And then the Vikings are like, oh, we got to work him into the offense. We can't overload him. You know, it'd be nice if one of those offensive linemen that they would draft in the first round would actually be any good. I know. I mean, they've actually drafted a couple offensive linemen after we've been calling for it for years and they all still suck yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, the Vikings will perpetually need to draft offensive linemen in every draft. Oh yeah, it's I was talking. I mean, they've got like six thousand picks coming up. You know, yeah. Like at this point, they might. I tell Leif, I'm like, dude, just like take three. Uh, Three offensive linemen off the bat, and then you can find skill position players. Yeah, you can find a Stephon Diggs later. You can, you know, have an undrafted Adam Thielen. So it's like, yeah, they like, can get those people later. You can piece that stuff together, you know. Like, at this point, just go, uh, like, just, just throw them at the wall, you know. Yeah. See how many offensive linemen we can get. We are bound to get five like, that are you good. Know, you know, trade five picks for, you know, to, to, to move up and get the best like no doubter offensive lineman in the draft yeah i i was telling life i was like either i want them to either be so bad that they could somehow get trevor lawrence which i don't think that they probably will be that bad or be so bad that they could get uh i think his name's uh panay sewell uh from oregon is is he a lineman yeah the offensive tackle that won the uh he won the lombardi and the and all stuff last year the Mm -hmm. outland trophy uh but he is a Freaking freak nature. That dude's a badass. Yeah. Like, that guy's going to be an NFL All-Pro for hmm. a long time. And that's well, what I'm saying. I'm like, hey. With the way you're hyping him, he's probably going to be a top five pick. So, Well, hey. It, we're 0-3. So, you yeah. might as well. And that's what I've been saying. It's just like, hey, just start, let's. The last season. If the, if the Vikings you know, lose this week or get to the point where they're like one and five, then at that point, yeah, you should just tank. And I I was sitting there during that game on Sunday, and I think Leif even said, he's like, man, this is when we find out whether or not the season is over. Yeah. And I was like, they're going to win this one and then like somehow like be reinvigorated and go eight and eight and get a pick and get like the 15th pick. And it's mm-hmm. just going to be like the and then same. Dra- and then draft a cornerback. Yeah, and then draft a cornerback or a safety, you know, mm-hmm. or a – or another wide receiver, and uh, they when in reality they need to be so bad that they can get like a generational like cornerstone type piece. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, I've reached the point where I'm like, man, I don't think they're going to be good enough to actually like challenge for anything. So let's just be bad, and like, there's nothing wrong with that for one year. Agreed. Um. All right. So the NBA final starts tonight. Lakers Heat. What are you, how are you feeling? Are you, who are you picking? I mean, I, I don't think you pick. You're not a huge NBA guy. Yeah, I'm not a huge NBA guy, but I, I, you can't really pick against the Lakers, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the kind of thing where you got two of the best players in the world in AD and LeBron. And even though Jimmy Butler's pretty good himself and, you know, Tyler Harrow's coming around. Is it Harrow or Hero? Harrow. Harrow. Okay. Um, and, you know, the Heat have some good players, but they, they are not going to be able to match up with the talent of the, of the Lakers. Yeah, it's really funny to look at the. I. I I agree with you. I think the Lakers will win. Uh, but the Heat's, like, collection of talent is really funny to me because it's, like, uh, it's Jimmy Butler who bounced around from every – like, to damn near every team in the league, like, to try and find the place where he the culture was right for him. Hmm. And then uh, you've got Tyler Harrow who was just, like, this – I don't even know how to put it. He's just uh, – <laughs> He is the most like gangster white guy that I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, you, that dude has so much swag; it's not even funny. Yeah, I, you know, I watched a video. Uh, it, it was randomly in my my YouTube recommendations, and it was what he did with like his first million dollars in the NBA. And yeah, like the way he talks, he's fully yeah th- the way you describe him. It's really funny to con- talk to think about the idea that him and Tyrese Halliburton were in the same yeah uh, AAU team. A, yeah, like we're in the same high school class in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, uh, 
but he dude he's fun to watch mm-hmm. and then, but then it's like duncan robinson who yeah. played division three basketball and then went to michigan yep uh bam Adebayo was like just a he was I mean, a, he was a, a defense and rebounding guy in, right. in college. He was one of those typical like raw like you would have thought he was like one of those typical raw Kentucky big men that it's not you know he's not Anthony Davis, but he's better than like Nerlens Noel mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know he's turned out to be just a just a stud and then like Goran Dragic who's just like he's been a journeyman kind of yeah. kind of guy. He's like a journey. He's, you would like you think he's been a journeyman, but he's played for two teams. I mean, his entire career. It, wasn't it the, the Mavs? No, he was with uh, the Suns and the. Oh, it was just the Suns and, and the, the Heat? Heat. Yeah, really. That's what I'm saying, dude. I could like, swore he was on a di- another team at one point, but maybe maybe no, because it was Shaquille O'Neal's rookie with the Suns. Oh, and had, he he's a, he's a pretty underrated player, I think. Though, did, did you not see that story when that that was like a whole mm-hmm. viral thing? No. Yeah, Shaq made him carry around a broken keyboard for the entire season. A broken and like, keyboard? Yeah, like and take it from place to place. And when they would get to a hotel, he would have to go in and like plug it in and get it all set up for uh, set up for Shaq. And then at the end of the year, um, he asked him, he's asked Shaq, he's like, I never hear you play it. Like why, you know, and Shaq's like, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. No, I never heard that. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know. That was probably a month ago or so that, huh. they, that I remember he told that story. That's but, great. Uh, so what do you do? So you think the Lakers will win? How many games do you think it'll take? I'm thinking probably five or six. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. They've gentlemen sweeped their way through the uh, swept their way through the West. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if they gave the the Heat another gentleman sweep. Yep, I, I did go back and look to the t- two times they played during the regular season, and in in those two games, Anthony Davis was a pretty big factor. I think he led them in scoring both times. Did they win? Yeah, I will. I think they won at least they win at least one on one, if not two and zero. Oh, the Lakers. So, I looked at Anthony Davis to have a big series. Yeah, I just, I just don't think that the Heat can probably score with the Lakers at the when the Lakers role players play well. I mean, they're they just are and that's the key, like different if, level. Yeah, I mean, if if their stars play well, then it's going to be tough to beat. But if their role players play well, then they're pretty unbeatable. Definitely. All right, MLB playoffs started yesterday. Cardinals start their series today. How yep. how are you feeling? Uh, so can you explain like on five? How do these first round series work? I don't understand. I are think they just best two like best of three. I believe it's best of five. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong there. But I, I know, like, the, the, the special thing is this year that there's eight teams, and it's just a full-on bracket yeah. kind of thing. Eight teams on either side. And at least from my perspective, like, even though the Yankees – I think the Yankees are, like, the five seed in the AL. It's just, I, th- I think it's going to be the Yankees versus probably the Dodgers in, in the NL. Well, you don't think it's going to be the Astros? No. Astros won yesterday. No, they're not going to – I mean, they might get past – they played the Twins, I believe. Yeah, Twins lost their 17th consecutive playoff the, game yesterday. The thing about the Twins is they either put up 10 runs or they put up zero runs. Yeah. But anywho. I ha- I can tell the car- you – The Cardinals are going to lose. Yeah, I have not watched a single Cardinals game the entire season. I think I've watched one. It was like the opening day game. I've watched more Chicago White Sox this season than I have because of Sean. Those, yeah, and just because I've been there at his, his house and he's been yeah. watching. I, I I have enjoyed watching the the White Sox just because they've been pretty bad the last few years. So it's like it's fun to see them, their rookie talent kind of coming yeah. into their own. They also have a, yeah, their team is just fun. Like, yeah. they've got all those guys that just hit home runs. Did you see the? Um, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a tweet in my timeline at least that Lucas Giolito, who's one of their best pitchers, like he actually plays himself on MLB The Show, and like he he, he uses. MLB the show to like scout his opponents. 
seriously? Yeah, so like he'll pitch as himself against the teams he'll actually be pitching in real life. And it's kind of like a thing where like he gets a feel of where he should be locating his pitches and and kind of uses it as like a visualization of I'm going to – this is how I'm going to perform against these guys. I just don't envision that you can actually get anything out of that. See, I, th- I think you can because they're get, like those games are getting to the point where like they, they factor in so many like realistic things. It's like they have the way that your pitch specifically like spins and stuff and how, how you react and like how and what hitters hot zones are for where, where they hit so it's like i think there's a little bit of value there how often do they update it though oh i mean like every year minimum well that's what i'm saying but like <laughs> what if a guy like you know fixed a hole in a swing or something like that in the off season i mean yeah you probably have to wait till the next year but it's like every year you're gonna get an update i would think that you actually could get some value out of something like that if you're like if it's like madden you know, and the thing about Madden is like they update the play the playbooks like every week. <laughs> it, if, if I was an NFL player, like I think it'd be interesting to create your like a custom playbook of the actual plays that you have and have them in Madden, and then you can just run those plays over and over again to memorize them. Well, they that. <laughs> I mean, they update them every week. Like the playbooks are updated. Oh, really? Yeah. See, yeah, I, I have life like live playbooks now. The last Madden I've owned is was Madden 16. So live playbooks, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, like the Ravens. The Ravens are always the one that's the most interesting to. Uh, and the Chiefs, I imagine. Yeah, and the Chiefs one is maybe not quite. It's probably harder to do like all of the pass routes and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably so many different combinations that you would have to figure out. But the Ravens running game is the one that I think is uh, interesting. Like that, if I ever play Madden, I'd, try, I'd probably play with the Ravens. Just, just because, like, do they use RPOs and stuff? They'll use RPOs, but the the way different ways that they'll run the read option. There's just a bunch of different ways that they'll that they'll run that uh, that play. Hmm. And if you have a running quarterback in Madden, you're not going to lose. So that's basically <laughs> I, I imagine Lamar Jackson's a cheat code in that game. Oh yeah, he he absolutely is. Um, all right, so last thing, uh, underrated underdogs. Yep. So I'll I'll explain mine first. So if you remember two weeks ago, I picked Baylor Houston. That game, of course, got canceled. Um, unfortunately, so I'm making up for it by picking two games this week. Um, my first is West Virginia plus three at home versus Baylor. Um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that going to be Baylor's finally first game of the year? No, Baylor played last weekend. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you consider playing Kansas, playing. <laughs> yeah. So they haven't played a game yet. Um, and my other one is Auburn plus seven on the road at Georgia. All right. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at these games. And kudos to you. You went one and zero. Your first pick, Miami beat Louisville 47-34. Man, Miami. Miami might be pretty, pretty damn good, dude. Yeah, they're salty. Uh, I think there's only like one or two other games beyond the ones I picked, so I left you some slim pickings. Man, I should take a Southern Miss plus one and a half, <laughs> just because it's the smallest line that I see here. Uh, man, I'll take um, I'll take SMU plus three at home hmm. against Memphis. Yeah, I wonder how good Memphis is this year. It seems like they're good every year, but well, they're one and zero. Yeah, but they've only played one game. It might be. This is what it says. It might be unprecedented to have a, have nearly a full month off between games, but that is the situation facing number twenty five Memphis on Saturday as it visits SMU in an SMU in an Ath- American Athletic Conference game in Dallas. So they took a whole month off, and now they get to play SMU. They had a lot of time to game plan then. All right, I'm gonna type that in here. Plus three versus Memphis. There we go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another edition of Stands and Fits, shorter podcast. Like, like I said, we're recording here in the morning. I have to get back and get our, get our other stuff done. Thanks, man, for coming in. No problem. Talk to you guys again soon. Peace.